Hey guys. Hi guys. It's Tiki. And Walter. And this is True Ghost Stories. By real people. And I have missed you guys so much. Um, We had to take a little hiatus because Walter wasn't feeling well. But now he is well enough to do the show this evening. So we want hey. to begin with... Uh, so, um, this, what is it, egg segment? If you say episode. segment one more time, <laughs> it is this part of the episode before commercial break. Is that what it's called? That's what I called it, and that's what sounds better. Okay. Well, this is dedicated to Carla. Yay! One of our loyal listeners, Carla. <sighs> yes, and she wanted to hear more about Myrtle's plantation. In fact, I think that's where we're supposed to go. Yeah, me and me and Carla was gonna um think about going. I don't really wanna go to a plantation. He's a liar. He's the one who wanted to go from the beginning. Like, don't do that. We should change the name and not call it plantation. <laughs> Just call it Myrtles. Yeah, cause plantation triggers me. Okay. That sounds reminiscent of America's ugly history, and I don't want to relive that. So they need to just change that name. Well, can we get straight into it? And just call it a. Because there's nothing more ghoulishly satisfying than a good ghost tale. Is that what somebody told you? That it's nothing more satisfying than a ghoulish ghost tale? Now look, the story begins with General David Bradford, a.k.a. Whiskey Dave. You know you don't supposed to hang around a man with the name Whiskey. A leader of the Whiskey Rebellion who fled the 13 colonies to escape imprisonment. Mm. Bradford built Laurel Grove in, in 1796, moving his family along with him. Bradford sold the home to his daughter, Sarah Matilda Bradford, and her husband, Clark Woodruff, in the 1820s. In 1830, Sarah and two of her three children died unexpectedly. Mm. Some say they died of yellow fever. Others believe they were poisoned by the famous Chloe, a ghost who was reportedly once a slave owned by Clark and Sarah. They died from yellow fever. I'm trying to put that on that woman. In 1831, Clark sold the plantation to Ruffling Gray Sterling and his wife Mary Catherine Cobb. The couple who changed the name to the Myrtles Plantation expanded the home and filled it with furnishings from Europe. The mansion would undergo many different owners from 1840s to the early 1900s who endured robberies, death, and murders, ultimately filling with residents who would never leave. In the 1950s, the first ghost sighting was reported by owner Marjorie Munson, who reported seeing a ghost in, the green, in a green turban. In the 1970s, the home was bought by James and Francis Kerman Myers, who began to operate the lot as a bed and breakfast. Okay. In 1984, a journalist with the Life magazine visited to write on the ar- architecture of the 222-year-old mansion that it is encased in ornamental ironwork and shows some of the finest examples of work molding. Little did he know he would bring something more to the table. Ghosts. The journalist reported having been in the presence of two children who would call him by name, then disappear. Francis confirmed the journalist's suspicions, suspicions in her two, 2005 novel, The Myrtle's Plantation, The True Story of America's Most Haunted House. I have to read that. I don't. That sounds like a long read. <clears throat> Just like 
Stephen King books, but you yeah, still that, read them. Yeah, that's what I be saying. He be, it, it's a long read. It's just a long read. And know. so, The Haunting Began, Tita Moss is a native who currently owns the Myrtles Plantation, along with her husband, John Moss. The couple purchased a home from Francis and James. We had known the Myrtles was haunted, said Tita, though I truly believed it was just a marketing scheme. Mm. For the first seven years, the couple and their two sons lived on the top floor of the mansion, while the bottom continued as a bed and breakfast for traveling, traveling guests. Tita said that it was less than two weeks into their new life that she experienced her first taste of the supernatural when a ghost called out her name in her husband's voice. Her husband was not on the property at the time. Tita called her friend and supernatural expert, Mary Jo McKay, who explained that the spirits were welcoming her using a voice she was comfortable hearing. The next week, the same thing occurred, but in the voice of a dear childhood friend. This would be the first of many occurrences the family encountered. Tita mentioned that her sons often saw apparitions of children around the home. She began to question their decision to move to the Myrtles until one moment that would change her life forever. It was 1993. My youngest son, Morgan, was ten and a half months old and in the care of his nanny, sleeping in an antique bed with iron railings. I was in my office typing the menu for the day for our restaurant. And this... Wait, what she said? Oh, she said, in this Lauren Bescall Rapsy voice, I heard. Check your baby. I disregarded it, thinking that my mind was playing tricks on me out of pure exhaustion. So I continued typing. Check on your baby, the raspy voice said again. Then I knew I couldn't ignore it. So I went to Morgan's room, and sure enough, he wasn't there. I ran around the house yelling his name and finally heading out of the, of the front door to the brick courtyard. There he was, toddling toward the edge of the pond. I screamed, Morgan, and swoop, swooped him up. When I held him, a, ward, a warm blanket enveloped the two of us, so real that I could feel the fabric and warmth. Then the same voice said to me, you need not worry, your family will never be harmed here. That was a transformation for me, and I truly believe the spirits are here, angels here to protect us. Anytime I ever encounter, encounter them, it is for a greater purpose. That's beautiful. Hester Egby, director. There's my baby. Yes. <laughs> she is about one of the. If I'm being honest, I want to see Hester more than I want to see any of the ghosts on that plantation. I, I want to see Chloe. That's your business. But Hester has been telling me these, these stories since I was a mere. I was knee high to a grasshopper. <laughs> okay. Okay. I was a child watching Robert, Robert Stack's big ass face. So Hester Agby, director of tourism for the Myrtles Plantation for more than 30 years, mm. also believes the ghosts are friendly. One of her most memorable moments was the first time she met a ghost child. I saw a little girl coming up the walkway with her mother and father, said Hester. The man asked for tickets for him and his wife. And I asked, what about your daughter? He quickly changed the smile to a frown to let me know they, they may never have children. But coming up, the walkway behind them was a little girl, I thought. Mm. And she said, I thought I was going to tell the little girl how pretty she was. She had long blonde hair and was dressed in an antique white dress, skipping behind her mother. 
The father was very serious when I asked, and when the lady came up, of course I didn't mention the child who disappeared. When they got in the house with the tour guide, I went outside to look for the baby. I walked up the porchway to enter the front, and when I put my hands on the door to go in, she giggled from the north end of the porchway and said, hello there. Then she disappeared again. She was playing tricks with me. Oh, I don't, I don't. That was another thing I didn't like about Hester. Girl, you be sitting around that place like that type of stuff is normal. You got one time to appear before Walter. Well, I and I don't give a damn how desperate I am for a job. <laughs> I'm out. You would just leave. And you especially, I feel like Hester must be getting the biggest, like her check must be gorgeous. Because you're not going to pay me some measly uh, stipend and then <laughs> expect me to put up with all kinds of riotous spirits. I'm not with it. So that check must look lovely. You better put a little cushion in there for any mishaps I might have with the ghosts that haunt this property. Well, they got another one also. Um, The Legend of Chloe. In, in 1992, the owners of the Myrtles photographed what appeared to be a slave girl standing behind two of the buildings on the plantation. The insurance company had required photographs to be taken that would show the distances between the buildings to aid the un underwriters in rating a fire insurance policy for the plantation. It says the National Geographic Explorer filming crew determined that the photograph def definitely contained what appeared to be an aberration of what they believed to be a slave girl. The slave girl appeared in the breezeway between the general store and the butler's pa pantry of the mansion. The horizontal exterior boards of the mansion was clearly visible through the body of the apparition. National Geographic Explorer used the photograph in their documentary and suggested that a postcard should be made of the photograph. I didn't know that. Mr. Norman Benoit, a, a patent visited the Myrtles plantation in May 1995 and requested permission to research the po the postcard after enlarging the postcard and doing a shadowed density procedure Mr. Benoit discovered that all of the physical measurements of the apparition were of human dimensions mm. So that means it was clearly a human spirit. They said the length of the shoulder to the elbow, the length of the elbow to the wrist were all indicative of a human. Mm. And it's called Chloe's Postcard. If I go there and don't see Chloe, I'm going to be very upset. Like, you start to sound like a stalker. Almost. I'm not I'm playing. Sorry. And then, do you see the young girl? It's a young girl dressed in antebellum clothing who appears to be peering out of the large window. She is standing in the window to the left of the white rocking chair. The young girl appears to be looking directly into the camera. Her eyes, hair, and dress are clearly visible in the photograph, but what remains unclear is who is that girl and how did she get there? She is referred to the ghost she is referred to as the ghost girl of Myrtle's plantation. I don't, I don't know, know if I want to see her. I ain't never really heard much about her. I'm gonna find out more. This digital image that was taken at the Myrtle's plantation was sent to Dave Young and Paranormal for his opinion. Dave, a dear friend and supporter of the Myrtle's Plantation knew we would appreciate seeing this photo and learning the explanation behind it. Dave was amazed at what presented itself in the photo and immediately sent it 
to the other professionals, including the Society of Physical Research in England, founded in 1882. Mm. It is the oldest and most prestigious paranormal research group in the world. Mm, I like that. So the photo was taken of a teacher and some of her students in the courtyard of the Myrtles Plantation with the Sony Cybershot camera without going into the technical explanation that included megapixel capacity file size gif file compression system shutter speed so they're going to go on and on about all that and i don't feel like it (laughs) so (laughs) so getting on down to when they just go back to the story the photograph continues to travel the world being thoroughly thoroughly researched but still without explanation of the ghost girl I don't even they see a ghost girl. It. Like, I mean, they're saying they see a ghost girl. I don't see no ghost. Where's the ghost girl? I don't see no ghost girl. Now, I'm obvious. I'm I, I'm actually looking at the picture that they're talking about, and tell me where you see a ghost girl. I'm not trying to debunk them that that they didn't see, but that came, but that photo don't look like it came out as clear as they're trying to make it see seem. No, it's not as clear as they try to make it seem, but I see her. You don't see her. Where? Yeah, you do. You see the ghost girl? Yeah. You don't know if it's a girl or a boy. You you can't tell me nothing. No, because I, I, I can make out the dress. I can make out her hands beside the dress. Your eyes. My eyes are not your eyes. Let me see. Let me see. Look at the one that circle. What? And look at all that they're showing you on the in the circle. She's right in the circle. What in the world is wrong with me? I wish the readers could see. Y'all need to go on Myrtle's Plantation and look at the ghost girl picture. You really can actually see the girl's hair, the girl's face, and she don't yes. look happy. She just look like she, she, look, she look like the grudge. Yeah. The color of it. Not, the color not, of not, it. I don't like that. The real grudge, but like the color of it. Yeah. So they said they, they continue to get comments, and I see no reason... Why this type of camera should in any way be responsible for this strange phenomenon. So, that's it on that. That's it on that? And that was it on Myrtles. Mm. Yeah. It's a lot, but it's like basically the same thing that we already knew. So, Carla, me and you are going to have to go. We, We are definitely... They can tell you, okay, so Whiskey Dave, the drama of the Myrtles Plantation began when General David Bradford, y'all already know what his name name for. So he just came in there and started a whole bunch of mess. (laughs) That's basically what it was. And then he sold it to the Myrtles. No, he sold the Myrtles to his son-in-law, Judge Clark Woodruff. Now, Judge Clark Woodruff is the cheater, right? Yeah. Who is actually cheating with Chloe. Right? Yeah, that's what I heard. That ain't no damn cheating. It is cheating. Cheating implied that the two of us is in a is in a, <laughs> a a relationship with each other. What we have here is a cold cut case of rape. Okay. okay. <laughs> cheating implies that <laughs> we both free. So <laughs> that's not you, even you, funny. You, you haven't cheated with me. I haven't committed adultery with you, sir. You raped me. They wasn't in a relationship. No. Oh no. no. Cause I will hope not. And then you turn around and cut off my damn ear. What kind of? Don't get me started. That's a relationship. So 
here we go. Possibly the most well-known of the Myrtles. Here we go. Supposed ghost Chloe or Chloe was reportedly a slave owned by Clark and Sarah Woodruff. According to one story, Clark Woodruff had pressured or forced Chloe into being his mistress. Ain't no pressure in or forced when you a slave. You say get in here and they get in here. <laughs> Stop trying to call it all these no, you names don't, that I, make it seem how you like... Know he probably, because what's pissing, I, me, it's pissing me off is they keep using all of these words that when you hear them, it implies you have a choice. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yeah, pressure like pressure is like somebody come in there and say come on we going in here i, I don't even know how no, you pressure, pressure pressure would be if you saying don't you want to go in there yeah, with if me you love me pressure <laughs> is like you both 18 years old it's senior year he <laughs> trying to get you to do it like prom night yeah it's that's pressure <laughs> what you have here sir is I know damn a rock and a hard place. I prefer <laughs> you to say, say that. Yeah, because you know I'm damn a well. Rock and a hard either you gonna come in here or you not gonna go nowhere else ever. Uh, ever, <laughs> okay. Like because he can do anything to you. So according, okay, it said other versions of the legend have Chloe listening in at a, at keyholes to learn news of Clark Woodruff's that business. Like some real shit that somebody would do because I would do it or for other purposes. After being caught either by Clark or Sarah Woodruff, one of her ears was cut off, and she wore a green turban. I believe it was I his wife. I always thought like it was his wife. I, I do, too. Because, A, yes, she had a grudge yeah, against somebody. You, you, you had, still sleeping with her. in your heart. Yeah. Because I believe if he was sleeping with her, he not gonna cut, you're not going to cut her ear off because you don't want to make it awkward during the rape. Because <laughs> okay, that darn show would make it awkward. Yeah. Be pulling that my hair. Yeah, you don't want to make it awkward during the rape, so he didn't do that. He didn't do that. So, so His wife did that, trying to make her deformed and ugly so maybe he wouldn't have no interest. <laughs> you think I don't see between the lines? <laughs> like, no, but why was somebody cut off? Like, no, they probably think, because you know how back back when they had people that would run back and tell. Mm-hmm. The, so he probably didn't know. He was confused. You don't know. He was going through a lot. You see, he was stressed out. He sold the house. So Chloe supposedly baked the cake for one of the two daughters containing extract of boiled and reduced oleander leaves which are extremely poisonous the reason she did what she did was to get work back inside the house a maid who was getting the favor of the mistress was a suspect with some saying she was getting revenge on the woodruffs and some saying she was attempting to redeem her position by curing the family of of the poisoning according to the legends her plan backfired only sarah and her two daughters ate the cake and all died from the poison Chloe was then supposedly hanged by the other slaves and thrown into the Mississippi River, either as punishment or to escape punishment by Clark Woodruff for harboring her. I don't believe that either. I don't even sound right. It said the historical records does not support this legend. There is no record of the Woodruffs owning a slave named Chloe or Chloe. Or that, any slaves. Now you know that's a lie. The, fuck the legends I'm sorry, usually claim just because they didn't write it down. Don't mean it didn't happen. I, I wasn't there and I can't say. And I know it was slaves at that time. They said the, the legends usually claim that Sarah and her two daughters were poisoned, but Mary Octavia survived well into adulthood. Finally, Sarah James and Cornelia Woodruff were not killed by poisoning, but instead succumbed to yellow fever. Regardless of the factual act accuracy of the chloe story some believe a woman wearing a green turban haunts the plantation so who is she a i don't see um 
how did they even find out that it was poison if it was back in the day and they couldn't do no autopsies? They couldn't okay. do none of that. So how so who went and me. said that it was the cake? Like I don't yeah, I make that, that make me from? understand that. Because where if you'd have died, from? the first thing they would have probably thought is that you had a fever. Like she like she could have said, Yeah, um, they just went to bed, they had a fever and I was just tending to them. Yeah. And then they just I realized they was dead. That's who it. said you it was from this cake? cake? Who said it was Clearly, only Anderleys? How did you get any of that, that information? You must have said something. You must have was running your mouth. Because I don't Probably see I don't see them saying, oh, doing an autopsy and then saying, oh, yeah. They this didn't is... even do no autopsy. Exactly. So how did they know it was from the only Anderleys? Most likely the same spirit that caused her to listen at people's keyholes <laughs> caused her to run her damn yappers too much. Yeah, she probably was sitting out there talking to somebody. Yeah, girl, I'm about to get back in the house. <laughs> probably was like, hell, my, well, my grandma used to tell me you could, you know, the only Anderleys. And when I don't make them a little sick and I'm going to heal them back up and I'm going to be back in that bitch by Tuesday. <laughs> and wasn't. Damn, and then they died. But then why would you, I don't know. When and you do stuff, like, that's why you don't supposed to tell nobody exactly. what you're doing. The old girl was like, no, she killed them kids. Yeah, because now you know Judge Woodruff probably lined them all up. Why? Because that's his wife and his two kids, too? Of course, it would have been my black ass. I would have said it. I think maybe they'd be alive if you'd been here. (laughs) So I don't know why we all in the line. But I guess. You would have got killed. I'm telling you, I would have, because I don't know what to say out my mouth. And I would have got killed right along with you, because my attitude's bad. He would have kept trying to. I'm stubborn. I don't even come in the house. Like, I don't that? even know. How about that? I I haven't been around you, your wife. Even if I was, my place is in the kitchen. Well, that's Tiki, but I don't go in the house, period. You ain't seen me in that house since the house seen me in it. <laughs> so don't 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 put it on me. So I need to get back to work. And furthermore, the only person I seen up around that kitchen on the day just the cake was baked was Chloe. So you want to tell? You damn right, because you're gonna give me an ulcer. You're sitting in here, and Chloe knows what happens. And she's sitting here, <laughs> allowing all of us to get so in trouble. So Chloe came for and told you. She did. If Chloe came and told you, that's what she did. She baked the cake. I, if you, you want, tell, if I'm, no. If I'm like, I'm gonna wait for her to tell on herself. But I, I'm not gonna sit here and watch the group of us. Get in trouble while you staying on the sidelines looking like you don't know when I know you know. Tell them. Wow. Tell them what happened. Wow. I would have had it. Tell this man you killed his you. wife and kids. No, what? but she's standing here watching us take this, these licks. And we didn't even... Oh, no, he beating y'all? He going... If you think he was going to stay... You you doing something. Either you holding a big-ass log up over your head in a, lo- in, in a row. And like then going, Chloe's just holding it up with y'all. Yeah, I'll snap. It's Rock like, out then. No, Who you holding it up with no, her? No, you're not holding it up with me. Says you should be holding this bitch alone. <laughs> Fuck! I just told you I don't come in that house. Wow, I couldn't do nothing. And I'm not you. taking the fault. I, I didn't kill no kid. Who does that, sis? Well, I mean, who says she did? Nobody tell her to say nothing about no cake. All she had to say was they ate the cake and went to bed exactly. because they didn't she feel well when they had headaches. And I was saying, murder is so easy. Like you went back and told these people what you did. How did they know you boiled the oily? Like things that didn't they, even have to be said was said. Been eating oleander, bro. They would have been eating it. The first time I realized that I could make oleander and nobody would realize that that's what it was happening. Yeah. Every every owner that moved the into night that, that house, he, he he called himself taking me. Yeah. The next morning at breakfast he would have been yeah, dead. He was gonna have some with his pancakes and coffee. Yes. Yeah, oh, like it's oleander in the pancake batter and in your coffee. And, but, but have a sip. I don't know. <laughs> I don't give a 
But anywho, moving on, there are a variety of other legends surrounding the Myrtles. The house is reputedly built over an Indian burial ground and the ghost of the young Native American woman who has been reported during the Civil War. The house was ransacked by Union soldiers, and the legend claims that three were killed in the house. Supposedly, there is a blood stain in a doorway, roughly the size of a human body, that will not or would not come clean. Other legends say that the cleaners have been unable to push their mop or broom into that space. Mm. A mirror located in the house supposedly holds the spirits of Sarah Woodruff and two of her children. According to custom, mirrors are covered after a death, but legend says that after the poisoning of the Woodruffs, this particular mirror was overlooked. The uncovered mirror reportedly trapped the spirits of Sarah and her children, who are occasionally seen or leave handprints in the mirror. The plantation is also reportedly haunted by a young girl who died in 1868, despite being treated by a local voodoo practitioner. That's your girl? No, nah, that wasn't my baby. She would have healed her. That lady didn't heal that girl. She got killed. She supposedly appears in the room in which she died, and she has been reported to practice voodoo on people sleeping in the room. There's what? <laughs> Time out. So you mean telling me we rent a room, you, you're this ghost now, going stand around me reportedly doing uh, voodoo on me. Uh, what's it for, though? No, I don't want nobody that's a ghost doing voodoo on me. You you put the hand of luck on me, girl. I'll go back to bed. You talk dumb. See, that's because you you don't even want to do certain stuff. So I know darn well if you saw a voodoo ghost standing, a voodoo lady who's now a ghost standing over you just doing all type of things. No, no, you wouldn't. My covers would be (laughs) up. I'll pull the covers like all the way up to my chin. And just look at her, and no scream would be able to come out my throat. I'd just be looking at her, like, in a bump, like, like just in a ball. And when I get up, when she finished, mm-hmm. and I am able to get downstairs in front of whoever booked me in that room, <laughs> I wouldn't care if it was Hester herself. You're a liar. I'll fucking dare you. You knew exactly, like, y'all know which one is it. So, I mean, I'm trying, I'm, I'm really, like, okay, hold on, let me keep going. So, it's another one. So then also, there is also a ghost who reportedly walks. This is another ghost who reportedly walks, staggers, or crawls up the stairs and stops on the 17th step. That's the one I want so bad. That's the room I want. That's as far as I can get jiggy with it. Some have said that this is the William Drew Winter, the victim of the only verified murder in the house. Mm -hmm. He was shot on the front porch of the main house and according to legend staggered or crawled up the stairs but collapsed dead on the 17th step alternate versions of his murder claim he managed to crawl up the stairs and collapsed in his wife's arms on the 17th step however this version of the story is contested either way i want to hear him walk up that's what i like i think i can i think i think if we like like when when me and carla or we all get together. Because this would be dope to really go to the Myrtles, like, to do, uh, I don't want to, no, I don't want to do, do enough, no, no I just, I don't want to, I was about to say, I, I don't, don't want to do like, no investigations. I, I, I do want to do EVPs, though, but I, that's how I want to do mine. Like, I don't want, I want to rather just get the rum, because you already know I don't want to be in the house, but Carla says she don't want to be in the house either, I believe. If you think I'm no, going, I think Carla said she don't want to be in a slave quarters. Yeah, I'm not sure. No slave but either way, I'd rather not see anything 
except yeah, Chloe. But if I once I get home and I start to listen to my recordings over, then that's what I'll feel comfortable doing. Like once I'm there, if we're there the first day and the first night I hear these these steps, it's gonna freak me out. It's gonna freak me out to now. I want I'm that's, not, that's the best that I can do. That's the best that I can do. I don't want to physically see anything with my eyes. I want to see Chloe though. But no, and then I'm, I want—I gotta be careful how I'm saying this, cause I don't want the turn around in the night and boom, she's right in my yeah. face, looking or down. Like suppose both of us fall asleep, mm-hmm. and then we both hit that that heavy sleep, mm-hmm. and then you just rem rem, and then you just <laughs> where did I get that from? I don't know why you keep calling it that rem cycle, rem cycle, and then you just <laughs> open your eyes, and you in the dark, and it's just like I'm dead asleep, and I'm like unmoving. Like I'm dead. Like dead oh people. yeah, I don't want to be that, and, and I'm seeing her. You gotta use the bathroom, and you know it's not in the same room that you in. So you gotta get up out of that bed mm. and cross the the room. Mind you, the bed is like their them beds is like the old time four poster beds. So you know that when you step off it, it's the type of bed where it's like it's got an underneath, like how and Chloe right there. Uh, either way, somebody could grab your ankle, anything, bro. I just but do I see her? I don't even know if you because if her I see her, I'm not even gonna get out. I'm just gonna pee myself. Girl, <laughs> you talk crazy. If you think I'm gonna walk through that ghost, no, no, and I'm kicking you, and you ain't getting up. You in that type of sleep, and it's just me and Chloe talking about, yeah, you wanted to see me. Yeah, I heard you was looking, I heard you was looking for Chloe, bitch. <laughs> like I'm scared. Like what the fuck, yo? When I tell you, I was the scream that would come out of me is the same scream that came out of him on Home Alone when that spider was on him. You think that, but what if you can't even make it? Like you know, how when fear hits you, and you just be like. Oh my God! What if I'm that type? And and then and then oh my God! What if I'm petrified? What is she in the like, morning? You see me? What if she like reach her shaky hand? Don't over touch me. And, and that's t- another no-no. and touch your forehead and you like see everything like. Nah, what if we going in and you? And it sounds like you said we. I have no interest in seeing. Chloe. So I'm. Let me tell you something. If we go into the plantation, I do want to do everything. Like I want to eat there. I want to have my bed and breakfast. I mean my breakfast there. I want to go to the restaurant. I want to go around the the place. I want to go, like, walking around. I want to see the oleander trees that they was talking about because they're still there. Yeah. And I want to, I, I definitely want to try to get a pic of Chloe. So I'm going to, like, take pictures of all, in every angle, every part of the um, plantation. Don't take none of me because if it's something around me, I don't want to know. I'm going to say, oh, look at this picture came out in this orb up on top of you. What was up top of you? I'm gonna say that wasn't up top of me. And and then and then I wanna um another thing that I'm going for is not just Chloe. I'm going to see the two little girls. I want them to jump on the bed. Not me. I do. I wanna I do I do have like certain things that I wanna see that I've hey, heard I don't stories really of. Like kids anyway. So for you to be a kid ghost, that's like a double turn off. Like get away from me, bro. And then why is you jumping on this bed? Did you jump on this bed if your mom was in here? All right, so. If Chloe's black ass was in here changing these sheets, <laughs> would you be bouncing on this bed? Yo, why would you say that? If, if, <laughs> if Mr. Winters was taking his time climbing all 17 of those stairs, would you be jumping on this bed? If, um, what is it, Clark Woodruff came in here. No, they probably would because they look like they ran over top of them people. Yeah, they okay, well, well, if I baked you a cake mixed with why would you Delicious say that to them? Delicious frosting. 
and Ole Anders. That's that's wrong. Because at the end Would of the day, you, be that's, on this you know bed? what? You're not right. What? That's wrong. Is that too soon? So, yes, it's wrong in so many ways because oh. them was kids. And however, uh, or whatever their dad was doing, they were not like that. Yeah, well, you don't blame and them. And let me stop you right there. Why you, why you, why you, why you? I don't want to get into this kind of conversation with you. Because <laughs> it'll be wholly inappropriate, okay? No, because I really don't see that. I wouldn't give too good and goddamn. You better, you better. I, love. I hope you like this this ep- segment. I as well. Because she out here talking. Because we got to go. How we got to go? Because I, I see you starting the mess. You right. We're going to come back after this commercial break. We will be back. Now we're back. Yay. See how fast that was? But now, second half, we're going to read about. I'm going to start doing it like Carlos. He'd straight up tell you. Um, oh, we did. You, we going to do it. Yeah, because normally we would tell you. Yeah. It's a lot of banter. If you don't like that. This is not the, this is not the group. I mean. The pod. This is not the pod for you. But I feel like since we didn't say that, you can get away with saying something sassy this time. It's too late now to take it back. All right, well, second half, we're going to now talk about ghosts from most haunted schools in the U.S. And let's start with University of New Hampshire, Durham, Nor- Durham New Hampshire. Durham, Durham. Durham. I don't, that's a, I'm sorry. Durham. It's, that doesn't sound like something that a person would say. It's the unknown that seems to be the scariest element of hauntings. What has plagued a soul so much that it is trapped in purgatory or a constant quantum loop. According to Haunted Rooms America, dorm students living in Smith Hall and T Hall report a female spirit haunts the halls at night. Her manifestation as a lady in white has been seen numerous times throughout the halls. Durham College students reported hearing footsteps followed by the eerie, I'm not alone feeling. Ooh. I think everybody has a lady in white. I think every yeah, state, every country has. I've, I've heard so many lady in white stories. I like, think that some ghosts just be ladies in white. They just come in in their flowing white gown and they say... I'm here. Stop doing that, okay? I'm here. Stop it. Next is the University of New Mexico, Albuquerque, New Mexico. An unfortunate freak accident sparked hauntings at the University of New Mexico's chemo theater. According to Daily Lobo, an independent UNM student newspaper, a 12-year-old boy was killed in a hot water tank explosion. Ooh. Him. A student ex- employee claims to hear the sound of keys jingling and random doors opening when no one else was present in the theater, given the name the Spot Booth Ghost. Theater students honor him today with gifts via a shrine. The shrine includes a place for cast members to leave him notes. Gifts to the young Spot Booth Ghost includes donuts and toys. Rumor has it he is a friendly ghost. Oh, so they I, so they it. encourage that. Rumor has it, 
you're not getting a thing from me. I don't want to encourage any type of communication between you and me. Therefore, I feel like if I don't participate in the actions of those who clearly seek some type of attention from the other side, then you should have no reason to come to me because I didn't leave you any donuts. I never gave you the illusion that we could be friends. <laughs> That's I'm, ignorant. I'm just not into it. He I'm didn't ask to get no explosion. And I didn't ask for you not to go to the other side. So it's just that doesn't seem like it's my business. That seems like it's a personal problem, and that's something maybe you should pray more, or I don't know what you should do to get to the other side. But it it just taint my business. And while I'm here on this side, this <laughs> side of the living, I don't wish to know you. So no new friends. University of Montevallo, Montevallo, I guess Alabama. According to Travel Channel, in nineteen oh eight. Condi Cunningham was making hot chocolate when she accidentally set her nightgown on fire. Cunning- what in the good hell? What in the hot hell kind of story is this? <laughs> That's what it said. Cunningham died from this incident and reportedly haunts the residence halls where this unfortunate event occurred. Students in Main Hall claim to see a ghost covered in flames running through the hallway. Well, she night. got to be one of the biggest idiots I ever met wow. to catch herself on fire. Dog, that's Why? not. It's not funny. It's tragic and slow. It's not slow. Because I've made plenty of cups of hot cocoa, and I've never caught my body on How fire. did she do that? That's what I'm trying to figure maybe, out. So, maybe, because you know how they had them long, No, I don't know. I know, that, I know that the cocoa must have been flammable, because that's the only way I can see you catching yourself completely on fire like that. DePaul University, Greencastle, Indiana, I think. She expects us to believe that somebody caught their whole gown on fire. <laughs> Legend has, if a worker dot. No, legend has that a worker died in the elevator shaft during constructions of the Polium Center for Contemporary Media. According to the DePaul, immediately after the elevator was finished, it began to move from the first floor to the basement. No one was inside. The, the door to this elevator has been reported to open at night, although no one is present to press any buttons. Strange noises have also been heard coming from or near this elevator, too. And this was at... DePaul University. I'm sure. Don't nobody want to die like that. So, Wichita State University. Wichita, Kansas. See that right there? That was their first mistake. Wichita. Yep. That was the first. I'm sorry. And I know it's probably listeners on here that live in Wichita. And it's just a name. I always wanted to live in a place that just sounds like that. Like Wichita. uh, What's another one? Um, When I hear that. When I hear Wichita, when I hear Nebraska, Oklahoma, when I hear Oklahoma, Kentucky, all, when I hear those names, all I see is children of the corn. That's not all I see. That's all I hear is fields of corn and children to work them and he who walks beyond the <laughs> That's all I can think about. Stop it. It's disrespectful because we have listeners from Oklahoma, from all over well, that area, Kentucky. Get, y'all got to get out. No, they don't. don't got to get out. That only that don't. Because he's scary. He's the one scary just, about everything. Just, anyway, Wichita State University. You are so rude. To that. Wichita. Established in 1904, and the oldest building on campus, Fisk Hall, serving as an infir- infirmary during the 1918 and influenza. You gonna turn this into a dorm and try to put me in it? Influenza epidemic. Not shocking, this grim history has attracted the interest of many ghost hunters. According to Travel Channel, a ghost hunter's claim that electromagnetic 
field detectors, EMFs, go crazy in this building. EMFs are a must-have tool to help locate spirits. So we need to take that when we go to Myrtle's. EMF. Yeah. Well, yeah. Because I mean, hundreds of people. Exactly. Of, like thousands. Of Why people. would you turn that into a school? Uh, no, a dorm at that. A dorm. Like, yeah. You could have turned that into the classrooms, bro. So we can come in and we can go. And you lead that up to the teacher while he, if he wants to Yeah, why would you turn it into dorms where people why got... Why would you put that... Like, I don't understand. Like, I have to put a bed in there. Like, these... The, the, the border was not meant to be crossed. Like, <laughs> the soul of a man's heart is stonier. Do, do people not... Especially when you're trying to sleep, you got to be able to get a good night's rest. And then you mean to tell me you in a dorm that's haunted and a whole dorm is haunted. Now, you, now suppose you got to go to the bathroom and all this. They don't even know. I... You don't even know. You don't even know who you're dealing with. Do not put me in that type of situation and expect me to go out of that dorm at night because my that's what I was saying about Myrtle. Be wholly disturbed to wake up and find because I'm waking everybody up. No, I'm waking everybody up. I'm pissing right in the bottle. I'm not going out of here. Watch me and nobody. None of the group members. None of none of our listeners. Not even you. None of you would make me feel bad. Not even my roommate. <laughs> this, this is going to happen. So I suggest you just turn around and go back to bed. Unless you want to go walk me to the bathroom, you're free to do that. Because it's not my point is not going to the bathroom. I don't have no problem doing that. My problem is if you think I'm stepping the hell out of this dorm room in the middle of the night and everybody else is asleep. And now it's just a long ass hallway full of dark shadows and beings creeping in the night. <laughs> no, I'm good. No, I'm good. So unless you want if you don't want to get the hell up out your sleep and walk me to the bathroom, turn the fuck back around and go to bed. Mind your business. Because this is happening. So it's next is Ohio University. Okay. What is it? Athens, Ohio? Okay. One of the oldest universities in America. They say that with everything. Founded in 1804, a section of the campus is home to the ridges. Located here is a collection of cemeteries and is now home to Wilson Hall. Prior to the dormitory, university grounds housed the progressive for the time period of 1874, mental hospital, Athens Lunatic Asylum. Uh, asylum. Asylum. And you notice how they said it was progressive mm. for that time period. That mean they was doing stuff like they was trying to be kind mm. in a way that it was unheard of. Because, you know, back at that time when you was a, 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 a fruit kit or like a, a fruit cup in the head. Wow. They'd do anything That's to so you. They say. would do literally anything to you. Lobotomies. Just anything to you because nobody was coming to check on you. Once you started that freak shit at home and they dropped your ass off at that asylum, mm -hmm. that's it for you, sis. I don't plan to see you again until... So and if I did see you again, they have come... Every, every, all the things that they was trying to do to cure you, mm -hmm. you are far worse than when you walked in there. So they they just do stuff to you just to say they did it. Just to try to see what they could maybe, maybe it would work. Maybe it wouldn't. They didn't know. Don't experiment on me. Then. That's what they was doing. So it was progressive for the time. So that mean they weren't really doing all of that like that. But it was still like, if it, it would be inhumane to us. Well, it said considered a spirit hotspot. Paranormal researchers like to visit the Ridges Cemetery. This is also a place where deceased asylum patients were buried. I like a pot of huh? Mm. Ideas abound this ideas abound these grounds are filled with unsettled spirits who simply depress symptoms called what? He just skipped that. 
neglected, the simple depressed symptoms were given darker remedies than necessary. See what I'm saying? In the eighteen hundred, the late eighteen hundreds, as depressed. if they're looking to be heard, to be heard today. According to college, sensuous. If if you find yourself at the ridges on the Ohio University's campus, say hi to Margaret Schilling, who died in nineteen seventy nine. She's still hanging around. I'm not. Wow. I'm going to put my head down, put my hoodie up, <laughs> put my headphones in, and make my way past the ridges and get to my dorm like a good boy. <laughs> I don't need to say hello to anybody that is departed. If I can't see you with my two eyes, what am I saying hello to you for unless I, too, belong in the lunatic aside? <laughs> Why? <laughs> you know what? Some of the stuff you say... The next one is Gettysburg College. The Gettysburg College campus is located close to the site of the deadly 1863 Battle of Gettysburg. Well, I could have told you that was on it. Here, more than 50,000 soldiers died, according to Insider, in the early 2000s when a, when a student and administrators visited the basement of Penn Hall. They found themselves smack dab in the middle of a functioning Civil War operating room. Witnesses were face to face with bloody with bloody doctor and nurse operations and the horrific scene of injured patients. Upon returning to the room of the ghastly site, they were shocked to discover it had disappeared as if it never occurred. Ironically, the basement did in fact serve as a soldier morgue in eighteen sixty three. That's crazy. They walked in that bitch and slipped back in time. Now what does that tell me? Doctor. <laughs> Yo, I would have been so scared. What's today's date? I would have been... I can't talk right now. I need to perform a surgery. This is not surgery, sir. Y'all is in here hacking these people up. <laughs> y'all don't know what y'all doing. I, 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 I don't know if you even have a license to doctor on this, man. This is wrong. This is wrong. So this is Smith College, Northampton, Massachusetts. This is the largest woman. I hate how you say Massachusetts. Massachusetts. I hate how you say it. And I know that people from Massachusetts also hate how you say it. I, 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 I know they hate it. I have been, I'll say I, it. I just want to tell you that I've hated how you said that ever since I was a child. I've always hated it. Okay, well, let me say Massachusetts. it. Massachusetts. Didn't I say that? No, now you say it. <laughs> Mass. Massachusetts. <laughs> I just think you mashing the word together. <laughs> Massachusetts. I don't even know what it is. Is it Massachusetts? It's Massachusetts, ain't Look, it? I'm not from there, bro. I don't know. All well, I listen. Know is Delaware. The largest women's <laughs> college. This is the this is the largest women's college in America, and one of the prestigious Seven Sisters. Smith College has been one of the most dominant institutions in women's education since 1871 with alumni that include some of the most influential leaders, artists, and scholars of the 20th century. People like Sylvia Plath, Gloria Steinem, Betty Friedan, and of course, a century and a half is plenty time to develop some homegrown college ghost stories. And with buildings dating back to the colonial era, it is Massachusetts after all. Smith has centuries of accidents, murders, and epidemics to draw from. Smith might be known to college consensus 
as the top-ranked women's college in the U.S., but is also one of the most haunted colleges in New England. Smith's website website even features a continually updated listing of all the campus ghosts that have been reported in their respective stories, and there are some doozies. The most famous story and most heartbreaking centers around the the Sessions House, built in 1751, where star-crossed lovers would meet in hidden state in a hidden stair, one a British British soldier, the other an American girl. Their ghosts reportedly still haunt the house, and naturally, the hidden staircase is real. New residents are traditionally tasked with finding it on Halloween. Other ghosts include a senior who died after forgetting to turn off the gas oven, a little boy who died after being locked in an attic, and a heartbroken mother dating back to the days before Smith when the building was a boarding house who walks the floors with the crying baby she murdered in life. Oh, then you get no sympathy out of me. Take that baby and get on out of here because you know good and well what you've done. <laughs> it says and so. I don't know how you could be prancing back and forth in here pretending that you don't know what you've done. So sleep well, Smith students. That scratching you here in the attic isn't a mouse. Mm. That right there, I would be asking. No, my thing, let me go back. My thing, my my thing here is when they said that new residents are traditionally tasked with finding it on Halloween. They can kill themselves. I mean, no, I can't say that. They can stop that man. It's because I'll be going home on Halloween. That made it seem like I didn't have no choice. Like you was going to blindfold me like a fraternity brother and make me find this. Yeah, I'm not not looking for it. I don't want to find it. That's not my business. So the University of Notre Dame. I kind of figured that was. Yeah, that's like saying Harvard. Few universities in the U.S. outside of the Ivy Leagues are as storied as the University of Notre Dame, home of the fighting Irish football legend Newt Rockney and the original marching band founded in 1842. Notre Dame is not only the definitive football school, but one of the most prominent Catholic universities in American history. And that long history also has its share of college ghost stories. While other of the most haunted colleges in America have ghosts all over campus, Notre Dame seems to center around Washington Hall. The theater built in 1881. The theater is thought to be haunted by a steeplejack who fell off the roof during construction and also by a music student who still practices his French horn in the night. Okay, there we go right away. In the night. I've been told y'all time and time again <laughs> that, that when people say that, it tickles me. In the night. In the night. He practices his French horn in the night. But Boy. the most famous by far of Notre Dame's ghost is George Gipp, the legendary All-American football star who died of pneumonia during his senior year in 1920. Having just won one of the biggest victories of his career, Gipp fell sick under disputed circumstances. Traditionally, the story is told that the that the Gipper came back to the campus after curfew, tried to sneak in the back door of Washington Hall to escape the freezing December night, and fell asleep after finding it locked. More probably, he simply got sick after a long cold practice in the air before widespread antibiotics. While he passed into the history, though, through Coach Newt's Rockney's fame, this is how they spell. They making me read it, Chris. When one here, see, 
Don't do that. Go ahead. <laughs> Win one for the Gipper halftime speech immortalized in film by Pat O'Brien and a young Ronald Reagan as Gip. The Gipper himself doesn't seem too settled. He's been said to ride a spectral white horse up to the stairs and through the halls of... Wait. I'm trying to figure out where he got the horse. <laughs> where did he get this horse? Hold on. He done went from a football player who died from pneumonia. Now he's galloping on this horse. They just... And they straight up said horse up the stairs yeah. and through the halls. So he go up the stairs and through the hall. Man, I'm not going. You just hear that horse loudly galloping. You know, I don't like Feet that. just a knocking. It just, every, you know, that just reminds me of that story when I was younger in Job Corps. When we was out, remember I told you that? When we was outside? Yeah. And then the horse, and I'm telling you, like, when they, these ghost horse, when you hear them, they sound just like real horse. Like, it, it was no way in the world that you would have told me that no horse wasn't chasing okay. us. Wasn't no like, horse. I literally, like, to retell this story, I was in Job Corps. And we had, it was like me and this other girl. I can't remember none of these people. This is what I be trying to get my daughter to see that. After a while, you're not even going to remember yeah, half remember the people. So, yeah, it was. I just remember it was a guy that I was talking to and it was a guy that she was talking to so we called ourselves having a picnic mm. out in the woods but we our our initial um search was to go out into the woods and find where this boy had drowned they said he had drowned in a big manhole pond but they said it was so pretty that we had to see it it was like they would tell the story on campus about what it looked like back mm. there where he drowned they said that the water was clear blue it's so pretty and it's just a it's a circle and they said and when you look at it it's just it it looks like just a regular pond but it's man made and it's really deep mm. so they said he went back there and he had was drunk Cause he went back there on a dare and jumped in, mm -mm -mm. and yeah, and by him being drunk and everything, and he had no work boots on. Yeah, the steel toes. Yeah, the steel toes. So that pulled him down, and so that was our initial thing. Let's go find out. Let's see, cause they said it was haunted, and we wanted to see for ourselves. So we went out there, and we get out there, and we actually find the pond. And I'm actually looking at it. It was like, this is what he dr he drowned in that? Like, because when you're looking at it, it's above water. It's above ground, right? right. So it just really looks like um, like a puddle of water. Yeah. Honestly, that's what it looked like. But it was, it was like a circle. So it was big enough, but it was a real big circle. And the water was clear blue. When I say clear blue, like Bahamas water. Mm. And I'm looking like, wow, this is beautiful. It is beautiful. So then... We get, we, you know, we say, well, let's put our picnic. We we start our picnic like a little bit further from right there because we kept going deeper and deeper yeah. into the woods. So I said, all right, we can make our picnic here. And we sat down, started eating our sandwiches and whatnot. And then we hear like all of a sudden out of nowhere, he one of the guys that was with us, he just came running by, right? And he was like, run. Like, that's all he said. So we just get up, grab our stuff, and we just follow him. We just start running. And I'm wondering at first, what we running from? Like, why are we running? I'm running because they running. Because I don't see nothing. And then all of a sudden, I could hear, there they go. Get them. And you could hear, like, galloping. And it was like, oh, my God, who is chasing us? So we are running through the woods, running for our life when I tell you. Good Lord. 
When we get out, when we get halfway, because I'm looking back, because you know me. Because, hey, I want to know what's chasing us. Yeah. I have to see it. You know that's the type of person I am. So as I'm running, I'm looking back. I'm not seeing nothing. I'm not I seeing nothing. But you can hear them on my ass. And you would think if I see, if I turned around, you would think they would have been real close to yeah. me. No, it wasn't nothing behind me. And then so now I'm running in like a slow motion kind of way. Cause yeah. I keep looking back, like you know how you running, but you like, you wondering, am I, am I tripping? Yeah, so I'm running, but I'm still looking back, and I'm not seeing nothing. So now I'm yelling to him. I don't see anything. All he keeps saying is run, run. So we running, and I'm telling you, it's like as soon as we get to near back to where a job the job court is, yeah, and out of the wood areas, like we just. We breathing heavy. We are like, oh, my gosh. Like, ugh, what is going on? What happened? Yeah. What was this? Yeah. And then I'm asking her what she seen. She talking about, I didn't see nothing. And I'm telling you, I was running. I kept looking back, and I wasn't seeing nothing, but I was hearing yeah. all these horses chasing us. And, you know, um, it wasn't until later that when we had retold this story to, like, an RA, later she had told us that the ground, that back area where we was, was the cutoff, and we wasn't supposed to go back there because that ground is um what she said soil. No, she said it was somebody. It was used to be with the KKKs. Mm. They owned that land back there, but oh, me, but me, I don't care what nobody say. It wasn't no KKK members back there. They weren't chasing us. It was a. It was just a go. It was the spirits. It was ghosts. I don't. I don't know. Cause if I wanted to think about their voice, it sounded country. When they were saying get them the way they were saying it. Yeah, yeah. But all I can say is it was phantom horses because when I look back, it wasn't nothing chasing us. Nothing. So when I hear about horses, it just gives like a phantom horse, mm -hmm. it gives me that chill because of what I went <clears throat> because of what I went through. Like I just don't like hearing so about bothered. ghost horses. Hmm. So ghost horses bothered. Yes. Like if you tell him, man, I, that's why I would have went home that day. When they would have when they would have told me that story, like, no, if I would have had just been laying in bed and all of a sudden I hear a ghost, I mean like a, a galloping horse coming. Like, first of all, I know darn well it's not no horse on its hall, but then I would be thinking because I'm sleepy and because I'm new to the school, so I would be thinking yeah, maybe it's a horse out there. Maybe they didn't really got what kind of college is this? Just hype. Yeah, and I opened the door and I Man, when I tell you how to march on down to the uh student hall, yeah, called my, my mama <laughs> and told her I'm on the next plane smoking. I can't stay. Nope. Or you gonna have to move me away from this and I need to now I'm gonna be fixated, so I'm gonna be doing my research on what's wrong with this school. Because that's what it did with me with Job Corps. I was so excited to go to Woodstock. Like I really was until all the happening started. I needed to go. But let me stop. I usually tell you about rambling. But that just had me. Ghost horse. Next. Okay. I don't like that. Why I keep thinking I hear my daughter? See, I don't like that either. So the next one is Kenyon College. This okay. is Gambler, Ohio. One of the oldest and most prestigious colleges in the Midwest, Kenyon College was founded in 1821 by Ohio's first Episcopal Bishop Philander Chase. Mm. Kenyon has long been ranked one of the nation's top liberal arts colleges and has been named a hidden eye before its excellence and relative 
relative obscurity. In addition to one of the most beautiful campuses in the U.S., Kenyon boasts another distinction. It's one of the most haunted colleges in America as well. Mm. Kenyon College doesn't keep its college ghost stories under wraps either. In fact, Professor Tim Shutt has long led a ghost tour of the college taking lovers of the spooky and dark to the campus's most haunted locations. These include the old Kenyon Residence Hall, which has a couple of prominent ghost stories based on fact. The oldest ghost, Stuart Pearson, died in a fraternity hazing gone wrong in 1905. Fraternity brothers left him on a trestle, promising to return for him later. But in the night, he was struck and killed by a train. The members of the DKE fraternity still pay tribute each year, carrying a coffin to the trestle and reading the coroner's report. Oh, that's well, that's respectable. In 19... What's in the coffin? In his body in there? Doug, did you just hear what I said? I said that members of the DKE fraternity still pay tribute each year, carrying a coffin to the trestle and reading the coroner's report. Oh, that's weird. Do you get it? Every year they're yeah, carrying... that's weird. It's empty coffin. <clears throat> in 1949, a tragic fire in Old Canyon killed nine students who are said to occasionally wake up current residents with their shouted warnings to get out. Mm. The Capels Residence Hall also hosts the spirit of a young man who fell down the shaft trying to escape a stuck elevator in 1979. Residents have reported being woken up at night by an invisible person stinking of alcohol and sitting on their bed, which honestly sounds par for the course at most colleges. And don't forget the gates of hell, the stone pillars at the entrance of, to the south campus, where, according to legend, anyone passing through at midnight will be transported straight to, well, you know. Hell. I'll do that just because I'm going to prove my point. I'm a Christian. I'm not going nowhere that right. the Lord ain't sending me. So at the end of the day, I I, I will debunk that. I'm, I'm dead ass. Sorry, I don't believe I'm going to say, you say midnight? Because <laughs> this ain't the way I'm supposed to go to hell. The Lord didn't tell me that. I don't believe that. I'm going to say that. I don't believe that. And who said that? So you telling me right now if I walk through this entrance, I'm going straight to hell. Hmm. I'll have to go ahead and try that out. i do it. Would you do it? No, you wouldn't, Scary. Okay. Talking about that's what I'm saying. Don't you agree with I'm me. Scared. Exactly. No, you ain't. I'm always trying to act like I'm girl. Well, I know. Like, that's what I don't like. Yeah. Got these people fooled. He act like he no, wanna I be ain't doing a piece of it. <laughs> yeah, that's what I be talking. So Flag Flagler College. This is St. Augustine, Florida. Founded in 1968, you might think Flagler College doesn't have the history to support any good old-fashioned college ghost stories, but you'd be wrong. For one thing, Flagler might only be 50 years old, but the Ponce de Leon Hotel, the centerpiece of Flagler's campus, was built in 1888 by eccentric entrepreneur Henry Morrison. Flagler, the man who almost single-handedly turned Florida into a tourist magnet, Furthermore, Flagler is located in St. Augustine, Florida, the oldest city in the United States founded by, founded in 1565. Did you know that? <clears throat> it's the oldest city in the United States. I did not know that. Founded by, so if we the first state, how is we the first state and they the oldest city? We was the first state to sign the Constitution. I mean, the um, Constitution. 
Okay, wait a minute. Augustine, the oldest city in 1565 by Spanish. There, wait, they just skipped that. There's enough. There's enough restless spirits and bad and bad juju in Saint Augustine's to fill a whole history of books in the paranormal, and Flagler's College is no exception. Flagler College may be number two best regional college in the South, but it's also a place where students may wake up in their dorm room to find a ghostly woman dressed all in black standing at the front of their bed or a little boy who stomps through the hallways eternally playing. <laughs> Those are just a couple of the ghosts who are said to haunt the Ponce de Leon. A pregnant woman who fell down the stairs distraught when her lover returned to his wife and a boy who fell from a balcony but Henry Flagler himself is known to be a guest of honor in the hotel. He built his spirit trapped in the Flagler room, while both his wife and one of his mistresses haunt the historic building as well. There's also reportedly a ghostly handyman who will whistle while he works in the showers. But don't let that stop you from keeping it clean. Apparently, he can't see you either. That's crazy. <laughs> is it crazy? Yeah, that was it. Flagler College. I wouldn't want to go there. I, 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 this is exactly why I'm glad. That was it with that one. But <clears throat> then we have Huntington College, Montgomery, Alabama. All right, here we go. Where did I hear Huntington? I don't know. I know I heard it too. Yeah, Huntington College in Montgomery, Alabama doesn't have the most ghosts. Let's get to it. Out of the most haunted colleges in America, but it does have a claim or two. Are the most iconic. The college's two long residing red ladies founded in 1854 in Tuskegee, a woman's college. Huntington acquired its first red lady when it was still in Tuskegee. A young woman wearing a red dress carrying a red parcel who walked up and down the halls and stairs of the original residence hall. Sky Alley emanating a bright red light. The first red lady was only ever seen once, and the college moved in 1909 to the state capital of Montgomery to be more accessible to students. The fact that the college's first building in Montgomery promptly burned down is probably a coincidence, probably. The second red lady is a ghost named Margaret or Martha, Martha depending on the teller, who committed suicide in Pratt Hall. According to this popular co college urban legend, the girl came from New York because her grandmother had been an alumni of Huntington, but she hated life in Alabama almost as much as she loved the color red. Soon after she died, cutting her wrists in the bathtub, the second red lady began appearing in Pratt, and this time she stuck around. Today, the annual Red Lady Run finds sorority members painting their faces red, dressing in black, and racing around campus in honor of the campus's favorite ghost. With a college ghost story like that, it's no wonder Frank the Library Poltergeist and the ghost on the green, who still likes to grab ankles of students walking through the grass, get no respect. Okay, so the ghost on the green, he likes to grab people's ankles. Oh, don't touch my ankles. I don't like that. And you got bad ankles. I don't like that. Don't do that. And I don't like... Why are, why are they... I just feel like they making the, the ghost stronger. When you do stuff like that, isn't that making the ghost yeah. stronger? 
I, that's why I said I don't want to interact. Not a high, not a buy, not Like, nothing. they running. <laughs> y'all got a whole episode. Like, y'all got a whole thing that y'all do. Y'all run and y'all paint y'all face red and then y'all running all in yeah. black. Like, I think y'all encourage... Mm, I don't know. St. Mary of the Woods College. The oldest Catholic college in Indiana, St. Mary of the Woods College, was founded, and I don't even like the way that sounds, was, yeah, was founded in 1840, it just sounds like a witch, I just don't like it, was founded in 1840 by a contingent of French nuns who settled in what was then still wilderness outside of Terry Halt SMWC, was a trailblazer in more ways than one. It was Indiana's first college for women and one of the first women colleges in the U.S. to focus on professional and business education, rather refinement for women. It also happens to be one of the most haunted colleges in America. Both Lafer and Foley buildings have a long tradition of ghost stories from invisible figures grabbing at residents' feet to haunting piano music coming from the conservatory next door. To Foley, which was demolished in eighteen in nineteen eighty nine, forcing its ghost to find new residents. There's even a famous story about the exorcism of Foley, but it's not true. It was a special mass offered to calm the spirits in the building. <laughs> Nothing sinister about that at all. It is if you feel like you need to now have a um what they said it was uh, that you needed to have a special mass yeah. to comment what is don't what don't make that sinister that because you wouldn't have to do that if that stuff wasn't roman or doing anything yeah you made a you had a specific mass to calm the spirits cuz you was nervous he was like i'm the spirit anyway by far though the most popular and memorable story is that of the faceless nun as See that, a faceless say, I don't like that. That reminds me of another. As the story goes, and like all college urban legends, it is ha- it has variations. The faceless nun is the ghost of a sister who taught in the art department and painted portraits of people on campus for fun. She had begun a self-portrait, but sadly died of an illness before finishing her own portrait. The faceless nun haunted the art room at Foley, searching for her portrait to finish it and set herself free. While it makes for a fantastic college ghost story, there's apparently no record of such a nun. That don't mean it ain't a faceless nun there. People know what they see. They probably just make it up to go along with what they saw. No, they said meaning that no one really knows who the ghost is. While it originally haunted Foley since the infamous mass and the destruction of the building, the faceless nun appears to have moved to the church where she presumably has even less chance of finishing her portrait because she's just roaming. Yeah, just going on, bouncing from place to place. And a homeless ghost. That's a shame. Okay. Well. That wasn't it, but that's it for today. That was a great story. A great. Because it's drawing the You know, that was a great, what you call it, the segments. But this is Walter. And Tiki. And this has been True Ghost Stories by Real People. And we'll catch you on the flip. On the flip side.